Hi, I'm just watching some American Woman make a disgusting dessert. Classic. What is it with Americans and terrible tasting food? I think they've gone for like, it just works because it looks disgusting. And so people watch it. It's like <laughs> anti-food porn. Anti-food. anti Yeah. <laughs> so she's done a pancake and she put on a spatula and she like cooked it in the spatula. So it's got a hole in it, right? And you take the spatula out. Now it's like a pancake with a hole in it. Oh my God. So she's made a donut, like a donut. No, she's, yeah, yeah. Like a, no, like a pocket. And then she did like eggs and jalapenos and onions. Man, that's disgusting. Like, you know, when I see, I see people do like a sushi donut, I feel like I'm about to become an old person for for the next two seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, how fucking stupid. How fucking stupid do you think that that, that you have to be to think that that's a great idea? It's like, come on. I think it's important to just don't, don't do a sushi donut. Just don't do it. That's just a stupid idea. But the the thing that she me... so Chris has that five. I watched all that five seconds to start the podcast. It just goes out of nowhere. It's Nick being like, "Just don't do a sushi donut. It's not that hard." <laughs> <laughs> what are you anticipating seeing? You know, amongst the New Zealand teams, given you've you've given all that about the All Blacks. Uh, just so many good young players, mate. I don't know how you do it there. Oh, I do, because you got three of the biggest uh, academies in the world. Fiji, Samara and Tonga. They're not bad. We were waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Milhouse Van Hooten once said, it started falling over and then it fell over. And you got to feel that's probably what it's like at the Queensland Reds. Um, they lost uh, by a lot to the Brumbies on the weekend, and um, they're not looking good. They're not looking good. Brad Thorne's future's not looking good. Uh, the Reds aren't looking good. The crowds aren't looking good. But you know who's looking good? Patai's looking good. He makes my loins tingle today to, I guess, take the heat off my homoeroticism from John Bataille is Nathan Williamson and Nicholas Vasiliev. I, I love that this continues. Like, I know that you'll never swap out Tolu, but Geordie's, uh, Geordie, he left an impression on you, didn't he? Yeah. He was, um, he was Fuego, as the kids say these days. Um, <laughs> as, as the kids say, yes, they do. As the um, kids say. I guess if I had to watch, if I had to describe this game, it's kind of like when they built um, Flanders' house and uh, it's awful. That's how oh, this yes. game this game seemed to be for the Reds. Um, I guess <laughs> I don't know. Um, Nathan, um talk talk to me about this game. What what are your uh, feelings? What was this what was your feeling? What are your emotions after the game? What the 52 24 defeat to the Brumbies? Like goodness me, there's where do you start? I mean, there, there, <laughs> it feels like a real typical Reds performance. Like, there were sparks of brilliance. Like, Geordie, but as you say, Bataille was on fire. My God, he's come on so well. Like, he's, you know, not only you've got that flashy brilliance, but he's actually a really solid kicker now. He gets him out of trouble. Tate was all over the place. You know, that run to set up his individual try was just chef's kiss. Perfect. But then it all just fell apart. I just don't, like... There's so much quality on that side. And as soon as it hit the, you know, got to that second half, the Brumbies just kind of smelt blood in the water. And all of a sudden, just 
demolished them. And credit's got to go to him. Brumbies were on fire. Like, Tom Wright is a serious talent. I've been saying for a while, he's the Wallabies 15. I I think if, if week by week, he keeps kind of solidifying his place. And how you fit him, Marika, Marky, Jordan Vitaya, Kelway into one back line, who knows? Like, that's not – it's – fuck did I know? Yeah, but- that's um, a really exciting conversation. So you were talking about that at the time. How do we do the back line? But, um, yeah, we'll get back to that later. Sorry, sorry, Nathan. But, yeah, credit goes to Brumbies because, yeah, Tom Wright was great. Lalesio was great. Tamati Tuai is probably the most underrated player in that lineup. Mm-hmm. They just killed him. But you've got to wonder what's happened to these to this red side. There's so much quality, as you kind of as we've mentioned in the past. But they just – they get into these dogfights and all of a sudden fall away to, the, to a point where – you're getting beat by 28 by your biggest rivals, you know, a side which they were pushing to the end three or four weeks ago, you know, and in, in a ground which I think they've been bromised at once. It's like 2017, 2018. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like after that game. It's, yeah, it, they're just in such a weird place. Nick, as a Brumbies fan, how did you feel after the game? Did you feel like pity for the Reds? Well, <laughs> be happy. Uh, I was extremely conflicted. After the game. During the game, I... Okay. I was loving it, <laughs> frankly. But also because at halftime, even though it was 21-17, I just... The the Brumbies are using rugby brains. And I just knew there's nothing to worry about here. There's nothing to worry about. And it was... And I, I don't want to say that that's arrogance, but it was just because this Brumby side was playing like an actual proper rugby team. They're playing like a, you know, in this, in, in if we do a super rugby, you know, comparison, like a Kiwi team. And I was in the state of just like, I trust them to do the job here and finish the job. And seeing Brad Thorne at, at halftime, the explicit question of discipline came up and he had nothing. He said, I've got no idea. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Um, and which was just a moment of like, I was shocked as at how he didn't have an answer to this problem. And the, that second half, 31 points to seven at home, it was the athleticism. The teams were similarly matched. I thought that the leaders that we touched on them, Harry Wilson, McWright, Pattaya, as we as we mentioned, McDermott were playing out of their skin. They were playing so well. You could tell they were they were throwing everything in the kitchen sink at it. But this team has reached a point of arrested development now. Or should I say arrested development? They cannot oh. <laughs> they cannot pro- no. so bad. But it's the, the, you're, you're, you're right the though. Fire you're right. I felt they, my lungs for Pattaya went when, with that pun. Yeah, uh, my Thorn loins are cold. Had, yeah, <laughs> but Thorne <laughs> had no solutions at halftime to this problem. Pataya had no solutions talking about it at full time. They cannot progress past this point. They seemingly cannot progress. <laughs> we'll imagine being Pataya somehow playing amazingly well in, um, I guess, the crab juice of the team. Um, it must be one. Of, it's one of the most frustrating things ever playing any kind of sport. Mm. Um. I know, I know that well. I know that feeling well. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> I guess what's your kind of um, your view 
And I guess if you can, like, what's the kind of consensus in the press room about what's going on in the Reds? It's just, I, I feel like a lot of people are, I can't speak for everyone else, but I feel like it's one of those things. You, you talk, he just said, as Nick said, he seems lost for answers at this point. You feel like this is a time where you need to change things up. And yeah, we have to give credit for, for thought of what he's done to this roadside. Like he yes, took definitely. a really rubbish team team full of young guns, a team that was going nowhere. He delivered them a title in terms in that a, that 2021 AU final. You know, they were competing with some of the best out there. Hmm. But at some stage, you've got to move on. Some stage, the same message, the same golf club swing, the old checker days, like it just doesn't hit the same. Yeah, I agree. Just, you need a fresh voice. I think we're at that stage yet. And, you know, they face a real dangerous task this week, going to, going to Samoa, playing Moana Pacifica, no, and you know, with a whole bunch of players still out, like Liam Wright's gone, Sarah has gone, Minus first came back, and they looked sold against Crusaders. Like, this could be the death now if they, the Reds don't all of a sudden kind of put their put these words of, oh, we're still playing for Brad Thorne, we want to put it together. Like, mm. action time, or yeah. he's not there. I'm um, sorry, I just want to hone in that playing for Brad Thorne because that was my feeling, uh, about the Reds, like just that the vibe I felt, uh not really thought thought about it too much. I just felt that the, the team is just not playing for them. Um, and I think if you look back at, I mean, Tong and Thor's going, um, and there were rumours about that. We don't know. We don't know exactly why he's going. It might be money, whatever. He's gone. Slipper's gone. Quaid got kicked out. Ossip got kicked out. Um, we talked about this in a recent pod, I think, but, you know, Isaac Rodder left and... Um, who's the other fellow who left? Hamish um, Stewart. Hamish Stewart went too. Hamish Stewart left. Hamish um, Stewart went. Yeah. Lekan Lotto. Um, there's, a, there's a couple that have kind of folded his way out. Um, Isaac Lucas is another one that was mm. over the COVID period. Who's killing it in Japan? Like, there's a there's a whole bunch of players. Angus Scott Young. Like, there's it's been a decent kind of turnover. Yeah, and you can't say that's all Brad Thorne, but it's also you know, in the smoke, there's fire. Hey, Nick, I guess. If you're the doctor, what would your medication be for the Reds? Uh, it's clear that the medication that they currently have or the main treatment that they currently have is not working, so you get a new treatment. You get a new, you find a new way to to make it work. Full does like adding on. Wait, so does that mean no more Brad Thorne? Yes, I think uh, this is it. I think there is no denying what the man has achieved in since 20 since coming into to be to be the coach in 2018 um he and also let's add to the fact that this is his the previously his only coaching experience was coaching queensland country in the nrc he has had a very solid run and he has it's been a steep learning curve it's been the there for five years right yeah but i think now he is in a different playing field altogether no uh, personal issues against the bloke and, and I have no doubt that he cares deeply about Queensland rugby and I think that there is without doubt a place in Australian rugby for him but it is it has just come to a point now where I do not believe that this team can progress with him anymore and you know I do not believe they're going to win this weekend in Apia in, in Samoa yeah. I don't believe it I don't yeah. see it and I also think that they'll be coming up against a Moana Pacifica side that will be hungry. They will be hungry yeah. for this one. A team that's winless, and a team that's winless, a team which hasn't really performed. And you know what? 
I kind of agree with you. I like I, I you, there's nothing that inspires as inspired confidence. Part of it is we've seen how good Fiji have played when being back home. They're a different so team. That, They're well, a different team. So expect that similar lift with Moana Pacifica, mm-hmm. but with all the injuries and all have all the things going on with the Reds, I can hundred percent see Moana Pacifica um, winning this game. And on that point as well, he has had a solid tenure. Like in terms of like single stints with the Reds in the professional era, there is no one that's had more games than Brad Thorne. And naturally, you know, he's delivered. He's delivered a title. He's delivered three final appearances in a row. I just, yeah, but yeah, I just think we're at that stage where if you can't beat Moana, this is the time to make a move. Let someone let again. I I think I can't remember who. I think Akko, Michael Atkinson, or Wayne Smith sort of approached it. They sure got after Dan McCall when they had the chance. Yes, absolutely. How how much was that chance? Like, how long was that? A week or two? I think it was a couple. I think it was a couple of weeks. Like, but if you if you made you bit the bullet earlier, like you could have you could have made it done. And you know if if Thorne was to, I I I'm not entirely sure, but if say the say I lose to one and they they make the decision during that bye week, you, your next person up is probably someone along the lines of McKeenan, who is was the University of Queensland head coach, won them uh, about six or seven premierships, and has joined as an assistant. He's probably your next man up, but. And you do think that you know you, to keep Dan McKellar in Australia, a Queensland boy, yeah, just might have missed the trick there. And, and realistically, with these stuff, you don't know. He could have, he could have had that eye set on England job and being like, "I'm not coaching anyone but the Brumbies." That's the thing we never know. But again, when you look at so, even someone like a Tim Sampson when he was off contract as well before, before leaving as an assistant, like mm. another one who I believe has come through the, that Queensland system, like. We saw the success he had the force to an extent. Like he's, yeah. There's there's options there, but again, this is very much win or go home territory for me in terms of Brad Thorne. You know, if it's not this game, I suspect it probably would be. You'd be if you're Queensland Power Breakers, you'd be eyeing off that game in two weeks' time against the Waratahs, and yeah, you go down to the Waratahs in Townsville. I think there'll be questions asked. Then no, I if I was a if I was a Reds broker, I'd be looking already. I'd be yeah, looking. Yeah, I would. Already. I would. I would actually. You know what? Talking about the buy, win or lose against Moana. Say so thanks for everything. Give Mick Heenan. Is that the same? Oh, I wouldn't. I would. I would. Season. I would let Thorne fill out the end of the season. Uh, because the bloke has been, first of all, just uh, not just out of respect to the bloke because he's been there for so long, but also because maybe he will, might still get them into a final series because that's the nature of how Super Rugby is right now. Um, and you know, but I like I think the best idea is it's not all bad news for the Reds, all things considered. They had major re-signings in terms of you know a, a lot of players coming, um, you know, continuing their time, you know, there. Uh, going into the next couple of years, I th- I think the best bet is to do a clean slate, finish this season. You've got sign up, sign up all of that new talent, confirm all that new talent, and then give give it to a new coach with a fresh set of hands. I know, I I totally disagree. I think we talk about finals. What's the fi- it's eight teams, right? And there's twelve teams. Yeah. So it's like don't be shit, and you can get to the finals. 
So that's not a huge achievement. I what dif- but it- what difference is it going to make? You're going to put a, you're going to put a coach uh, straight in under yep. like straight yep. in so, under pressure. So you get a look at him. Uh, everyone gets kick up their ass. It didn't uh, work last. It didn't work last time with the Reds when they bought Styles in. What makes you think it's going to work this time? Oh, because it usually I think works. There's, I, I can make it. I you can make an argument that yes, it didn't work with Styles, but look at the last coach to leave halfway through a season. When you look at from an Australian perspective, was Dave Wessels, the man who brought in Kevin Foot. You then look at what he's now done with a season and bid in charge. Didn't, Using that first kind of couple of cup that trans has from period as a feeling process, 22 to build process, and we're seeing the results in 23. That's showing it can work to an extent. Yeah, but the wins aren't still aren't there yet for foot. I mean, full disclosure, I agree with you. I think that Kevin is really showing his stripes this year, but there's no denying though that the right now he's still only got like a winning record of 20%. Kevin does right now. It probably less. But but that's not a Good measure of that twenty percent because it's a re- but it's a results based game at the end. It's a results based. That's the determination at the end of the day. Simple but truth is these teams need but, wins. They need to win. That's the problem. That's the thing. Actually, actually, I I disagree that it's results based in Super Rugby because, and I say because, it's uh, all aligned with uh, national teams. If it was results based, you know, you'd open it up, sign recruit players not from Australia in your team's mm. wall, you know, and you'd give like the Reds or the Waratahs kind of go sign um Braden Barrett, whatever. So that like I wouldn't say it's results based. And then the other thing too is that um twenty percent for the rebels, like that's on par. You know what I mean? It's not like the Crusaders. Uh so to kind of say that using that as the evidence for it not working, you know, that's all we've got, but I don't think it's good enough. Uh, and the other thing too is, uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about um, uh, the mid-season coach bounce. It it would work. It would totally work. Mick Hannon comes in. Everyone's got to prove themselves again. I mean, Bataille's still getting picked, but everyone around that still getting, you know. And I, it would just, it would be good. And that's all they've got. Otherwise, you know what you've got with Thorne. And look mm-hmm. at what happened on the weekend. It, what's what's the phrase? Sorry, you know, the, the grass. Let's see if the grass is greener on the other side. With McKeenan. And then also McKeenan, like if you did that, like if he comes in next season and he's not great, well then that's another season down the drain. And I'd actually say there is more compelling evidence looking at Darren Coleman and Simon Cron finally getting head coaching roles and they're not lighting the world on fire. And they've done the same thing come from that local, I mean, Simon Cron, North Sydney coach, Darren Coleman, I mean, he's got a bit more on his CV because he went to America, but it's still that kind of, that level of experience. And it would actually be good for uh, Brad Thorne to go somewhere else in the same way that Stephen Larkham's gone somewhere else and he appears smarter, a better coach. I see, I do see your points. I do, I, I think that there is validity to it. My question is, I mean, I do, I don't doubt Heenan as a, as a, a, a coach because I know that he also had success in at Brisbane City level, not just UQ, uh, not just you know in the Premiership in the Premier grade, but he, I think he got Brisbane City in the NRC to two semi-finals as well. So he can, you know, turn teams around relatively quickly. But I, I just, I don't. To be honest, I don't see 
right now what he could bring in that would be any different from Thorne. All right, deal breaker. Nathan, what do you think? Jeez, <laughs> breaker, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> look, it's, it's a tough one. Again, I've said my thoughts. I think if you had the opportunity back 12 months, you would have gone for a Dan McKellar. That's obviously not an option. I personally, I think you go with, you you award the local bloke. I, I'm on the Heenan side of this and just kind of see what he does. Just see if a new voice goes in and get to a point where if it's not that. Now? I'll go now. now, yeah. I go now. I can't. I can't lean to that direction. Just kind of um, put the onus on players to their performance. Just see what happens. So, Nick, would you also go Hina next year? This is a fun chat. Like, who would you get? Um, was it I'm Paul Cully? Say... Was it Paul Cully? Akko. No, Akko, who um, Mark Watkinson, the journalist for Brisbane Times Channel Nine, for Brisbane. He did come uh, up with he... a. Li- he did come up with a, li- a good list. Yeah, he? he put together a coaching list, and top of it was Robbie Deans. Yeah, Robbie Deans would be a good option. You know, you would be a fool to not include Mick in the, in that discussion. Yeah, I think they need a big international coach to turn this around because the talent is there. I think go for a more experienced head personally, someone who's actually got success in multiple different areas. They need someone like an like a, a like the Checker was to the Tars, turned it around, provided success. Probably also similar to someone like you and McKenzie because the talent is there. That red card, can we talk about that red card? Can we talk about that call, that red card, when Angus Blythe, um, I don't know, how'd you describe it, tried to decapitate Korea tool. <laughs> it seemed, you know, reckless is a word many people use to describe it, but it seemed beyond reckless. It seemed, um, I don't know. It... Fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, but worse, worse than that. Worse than that. I was someone <laughs> described it as he saw Corio Tool and he said, like, I can hammer this dude. Just even the oh high tackle. Like Yeah, but it was like even uh, hit him out so hard that the dude couldn't stand up. I think this is where like I again I am all for the, the new card system that's come in. I think it's a really good system. Like it's sped up the game. We don't have to look at all these different angles and see what happens. But I feel like if there's a place for a red card, a proper full red card, that's the kind of tackle that you gotta kind of give a give a full red card to. Like there was no you talk about mitigation, there was no real intent to duck or kind of lower the body height. He can make the argument that he was trying to just charge him down, but even still, it was quite reckless, and it's, that's a long bow to really pull. I feel like this yeah, this is the type of tackle where you just need to try and rub it out and would have sent a, sent a message to be like, you know what? Yes, we have a 20-minute red card in place, but, but as you said, Corey Tools, Corey Tools is knocked out. He won't play this week. He you know, had to be subbed in the first, first 15 minutes. And we, I never want to judge these on intent. I'm not the type. I'm, I think we turn to Kiwis if we start going, oh, well, you know, it, he should miss the same amount of time as Corey Tour misses. That's just not how this works. But if you if you don't make the simple effort of trying to drop your body height, I feel like you deserve a full red card. It's as simple as that. Um, I kind of disagree with you. I'm not sure I'll rub one out to this one. But... Um... <laughs> Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, uh, I fully agree with you. Otherwise, uh, I don't even think he tried to tackle him. It didn't even seem like he was trying to tackle him. The flip side of this, actually, this kind of decision, if you go to the ref, 
Um, sorry, Coops, bag and a ref, which I'm about to do. But um, yeah, it kind of seemed like Ben O'Keefe <laughs> smoke screened out of that one. He didn't want to make the call. So he just said yellow card, which I believe once he does that, it can't be a full red card. But we just like saying that that's a full red I, card. Yeah, I believe I believe that. And again, Coops, come find, come find me in the office whenever this goes out and tell me otherwise if, if I'm wrong. But I believe it has to, I believe the only other option you can go for is that 20 minute red card if it's originally given a yellow. It's like keep it a yellow or turn it until 20 minutes. Yeah, that's right. That uh, That's my understanding of it. But yeah, it's almost like an assault. And I guess, I don't know, uh, the only other kind of notes I've got from this game is a Bataya, Tate, and Fluke fucking playing really well, um, which is shocking because this team is playing so poorly. But let's have a little fun chat here, Nick. Uh, Wright's playing out of his skin. Bataya's playing out of his skin. Um, Callaway's coming back. I think he's going to play for the Rebels this weekend or played last he, weekend. He played last, played weekend. last weekend. He played last weekend. Yeah. Against- sorry, yeah. was, sorry, it was Ace the Rebels for us instead of the game. Um, <laughs> you got Cora Betty obviously coming back and you got Marky Mark. Uh, who, what would you want his backline be? And like, like, you know, who's the fullback and whatever. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a nice question, that's a, isn't it? It's a nice question. This makes me happy. Thank you. It's Nick. like a Easter. <laughs> it's like a hot cross bun, but for the mind. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Thank oh, so you. You gave yeah. me the shit questions, then, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so sweet. But you're of the you. journalist. You used the hard questions. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Right. that's right. That's so sweet and of it, you. Um, it makes you loins tingle. It does. Oh, so that was a that was a loin tingle. That was what that one yeah. was. Um, oh God. I mean, Wright is playing so well. Um, like it, it, that is a really hard question because I also think I genuinely also believe that I think Pataya is better suited to 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 the fullback position. I think he's got the athletic ability, and I've for a while have actually thought that he just has that more complete athletic package to serve as as Australia's um as Australia's fullback. But I'll tell you what, Tom Wright is making a hell of a compelling case right now for being the first the, the first pick. Um, and so, it, so it, what, who would you pick? Well, I probably would, based on current form, I would definitely have Wright in there. I think Marky Mark, just uh, just due to the fact that uh, Marika is such a such a beast out on the wing, um, in terms of actual physical ability, uh, would probably be a first choice, um, over him because I mean, Marky uh, can also be on the wing, but. Uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be putting him in the starting 23 because you'll, you'll need other players like that. I think Pattaya could be better served either on the wing or coming off the bench as a utility um, because also I, I also think Kellaway has been in such great form in, as a winger too. And I think so, Pattaya currently would be better suited, in my opinion, as coming off the bench. But like it's 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 a difficult one because I also you know I do think that it's such a competitive spot uh, so competitive that back three it's the right problem to have it is the absolute right problem to have yeah if only we had it for a fly halves well um, I mean at least I mean at least to say at least we've got fly halves standing up now which is better than I can which is better yeah. than pre- previous years gone by Nathan I guess okay I'll be nasty what do you who do you pick. I our preferences with I don't think there's any wrong answers. Like any combination of those five work really well. 
Um, at this point, I would go Marika and Marky at the, uh, as your two wingers with Tom Wright, the fullback. Again, bear on record, I, I think Tom Wright has really kicked on. And you, you use Pattaya as that off-the-bench option who can, you know, not only cover wing, but can cover fullback and cover centre if need be. You know, has World Cup experience at centre. He really becomes that versatile part of piece. Lee's Keller is the man out, which I'm kind. I'm not that comfortable about. I think he's, you know, when you think about it, how good he was for Wallabies. It's guys, it's on it. It's tough because do you leave Mark out? Do you leave Nwanga Tawasi out when he's played so well against Wales as well? Like he won. Mm. The reason we won that game was because of how good he was in that second half. So that that's that's what I would say at this point. Yeah, moving on. Sorry, um, I don't know if we've got anything to mention more for the Brumbies. If we could go back to them. I think, uh, go back a bit, Nikki was saying that they're just really good. I think that's probably where they're at. <laughs> just really good. And they, it's a really good operation. You yeah, know, they, like you were saying, like they do, they're smart. They don't do much dumb shit and they operate really well and with intent. There is a clear um, strategy start to finish for every yeah. single game. It yeah. says so much when you have seven players re-sign in one week, which is what happened last week. That brings their... their official count of players that are back for 2024 to 31 and it's not even halfway through the current season that's how much faith they have in the systems down there in the people down there in the processes down there players are actually actively wanting to stick around because they are playing like better rugby players down there I yeah, mean, in Canberra of all places as well. They want to I mean, well, what else there. can you do? No, sorry, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to bash on Canberra. I actually really love Canberra. Um, but it's, but yeah, it, it's, it's just. I can completely see like they're actually playing like whenever they, whoever they go up against, I trust them to actually have a strategy, a plan, and will execute on it. And they'll only be beaten by a side that is just better than them. That's that well, is I mean, going to be the. It's not going to be a case of. Yeah. And more often than honestly, the amount of times we've said, you know, if you would have thought that, that that would be so simple that you know the best team should win, and that just hasn't happened. Or a team, look at the look at the Reds, they they're better they're better than a lot of teams on paper. Likewise, the Waratahs, both teams are, are a lot better on paper than what two from five and one from five. Like, it doesn't always happen. Yeah, as, as kind of weird as it sounds. Yeah, because the uh, strategy the strategies aren't working with those teams. There's no structure, and it was clear going back to that that game. Where was the plan the Reds had? They looked absolutely lost in that second half. Like you had one side which was clearly like, okay, we're going to start doing this and this, and then start dictating the game in our own terms. And we have the Reds that looked rudderless by comparison. Mm, mm. Anyway, uh, moving on. If we actually probably actually before moving on, the Rebels lost to the Blues. I think they're leading at halftime. I'm not sure there's much to say about this except for an proceed, proceeded to lose. It. I mean, they proceeded to lose two hookers, a front rower, and basically any resemblance of a set piece. So they were they were hard done by to an extent. But again, Bowden Barrett's just a freak. That's that's basically yeah. It was yeah. It was ten years. It's a it was a combination of just critical players. You're losing your first choice lock and your hookers. I think there was someone else who went down as well. Like, I feel yeah. like a prop went down. Yeah, when you and just casually a prop, you know, you're, you're basically the Black Knight in Monty Python at that point, mm. and you you can't do anything without set the, piece. The flesh, the flesh wound rebels. The flesh wound rebels, and 
And add to that, just to make it extra worse, the Blues also had a plan and strategy in place similar to the Brumbies, and they executed on it and kicked on ahead. So ruthless. Deserved winners yeah. in the end. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess looking forward, we've got... Um, and I kind of picked up this from Paul Carly's article in the Sydney Morning Herald, but basically at the moment we've got the front runners, which is the Brumbies, Crusaders, Hurricanes, Chiefs and Blues, a.k.a. you know, four out of five of the New Zealand teams plus Brumbies. And then Daylight second, I think there's a seven-point difference between the Blues and the Highlanders um, in the table, and the Blues are coming fifth. And the Highlanders have been a bit crap this year. What does this, I guess, actually, Nathan, maybe I hit you with this one. How does this affect Super Rugby? Do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's, it's, I don't think it's a good thing. Like, it's really leaves a disproportion to when you're essentially having one tier and a second tier behind it. Like, I think when we already have an eighth team final system where those seven or eight teams, that seventh or eighth rate team are probably coming in with. I would definitely coming in with records under 500. You struggle to think what, what it could be towards the end. But I, I don't think it's I, – I think we just – you need to start – and it's been sort of ad nauseum. You need to just start saying that the Aussie teams turn these close losses into into wins. Find ways. Because when you look at that draw, those teams you don't mention, you know, the Reds, the Rebels, the Force, the Waratahs, um, you know, in four of the last five positions on the ladder. And that's not good enough. And you look at a team like the Waratahs, I reckon they've got the, I think they've got a very good run home. I think they can properly turn it around. Like I gen I think the last eight games outside of the Blues and Crusaders away, I reckon every other game is a winnable game for them. And they they can do some they can do some damage. You look at the force the force the ability to get a couple of upsets. The Reds, we know the talent that's there, it's just not performing. And the Rebels have been on on fire this entire time. Oh, Brumbies, we know. Brumbies, we know, are sick. Like they're just going to dominate everyone. So, Force and Rebels, I think, are in similar positions. Rebels, maybe, maybe Rebels ahead, but they've got a a relatively tough run of teams they've got to play. You know, Crusaders got to go to play Moana in New Zealand, like, and I think a couple of games with the Brumbies as well. So they're going to have a tough run of it. But I generally, I think the Waratahs can prove that it's just more than the five team comp. I've got faith in it, but you know. Words are, words are cheap. It's time to see results, time to get actions because, you know, you look at how good they played against the Chiefs and Brumbies, didn't end up with wins. Now's the time to, with all the talent and all the, the world-class players that are in that lineup, we need, need to start seeing results. Uh, Nathan just put air quotes around world-class, um, everyone. Wow. Um... Wow, <laughs> the disrespect. <laughs> Um, I was like, I can do just... a like that. Uh, sorry, sorry, Nathan. Nick, I don't know if you mentioned the pot already, but we were talking about it definitely before. But it's halfway through the season. Do you see any big movements happening, or do you just kind of see this top five ballooning out in front? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't, I think, I mean, in terms of where we are from an Australian perspective, this is piss poor. Like, I don't think it's it's the low of 2016, 2017 when we had, like, a 20-something run game lost to the Kiwis because, thank God, the Brumbies are there salvaging this. But the other four sides, fuck me. <laughs> I think I do, I do agree with Nate. There is a lot of winnable games for the Tars. 
Um, they do have some tough runs in there, but there is opportunities as well to grab some big scalps. I can see them uh, winning against the Highlanders. Um, and uh, and I can also see, you know, uh, them winning in, winning against this Reds team. And I can also see them challenging, you know, the likes of the Drua and continuing that good form against them as well. It's there. There are plenty of games that they can win and turn that uh, mixed season that they currently are, well, negative season they're currently on into a into a positive. Come the end of this, uh, come the you know come the come round fifteen. I was really, I'm really still barracking for the Force. I think the Force have got some. They've got a pretty solid run home. They've got a lot of games at home, and they have proven with their wins that they picked up this year that they can be a really tough team to beat at home. Um, yeah, especially if they get a full volley, a full voiced uh, crowd behind them, uh, which would be very, very positive. I think that I'm really worried about the Rebels, in all honesty, because. As yeah, I can see Nathan uh, moving his eyebrows there, going, "Excuse me," but interesting. yeah, interesting. I I because so many times with the Rebels, it's been like a flash in the pan situation where they produce a couple of good performances uh, and look promising, and then nothing shows it. And I'm very worried that even though they have looked really great for the last couple of weeks and have shown some fight and have shown some strength. The Drua game made me very worried that they were kind of starting to run out of steam. The Blues game made it even worse. Um, I think it didn't help by the fact that they had so many players go down as well. Uh, Thank God they've got a bye this weekend. But the first game back is the Crusaders. I don't see them winning that game. And I worry that that is going to be the momentum crusher that will push them out of finals contention because they need, they need a big scalp. They need a big scalp. They're showing great potential and great cohesion and the leaders are standing up. They haven't, but they haven't won a game, you know, since round five, since March right now for the season for the rebels, this, this next couple of weeks are going to be critical. And I really hope that they, take the time to lick their wounds after this Blues game. Um, here's why I think, I say, here's why I think the Rebels are still positives there. Yes, I, I agree. They need to start, they need a big scalp. And as I've kind of touched on before, they've got a tough run home. Two games against the Brumbies, Waratahs in Sydney, along with the Crusaders. I couple that with Highlanders in, in Dunedin as well. But I think there's enough talent still coming back. Like you said, the buy, I think buy came at a good time. I think the, the injuries to the Fords weren't as bad as first thought. Like your 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 Lessies and your Pones will probably be back next week after the buy. You couple that with Matt Phillip and Rob Leota will be probably back for the last month. There's all of a sudden added kind of grunt to that forward pack. You know, Kelway's still you know, starting his first game, I believe, last week. Like and you, you touch on the Fiji game, yeah, it was a great, it was a real bad look for him, but you, you take that first three minutes out of the game and it's the Rebels outscored them afterwards. Like, they showed some great fight to get back into it. But I, I do agree. I th- I think there's a lot there's a lot of talent coming back in that there's positives to take out of it. But I, I mean, 100% agree grants that they need to start getting a big, a big scalp. Get someone that can kind of make a statement that, hey, we're not just making up the numbers as a seventh or eighth seed. We're here to really kind of shake the cage and make a difference. 
They need to start um, winning. They need to start winning. That's the that's the cold hard reality for this rebel side. You just yep. need to win. That's the truth of it. Yeah. Uh, I, just interestingly, the Brumbies run in to the end of the season looks fairly breezy. They've got the drawer this weekend. By the way, this weekend, the Reds are playing Moana Pacifica in Apia in Samoa, uh, but they're playing at 2 p.m. on Friday. Uh, bizarre, bizarre scheduling. Um, but the Brumbies are playing on Friday night, 7.30 against Fiji and Drua. Expect them to win. Uh, they've got a bye the week after that. Then they play the Hurricanes away. That's probably that's a big test for the Brumbies, talking about needing to win. Big test there. Then the Brumbies are playing the Rebels in Melbourne. And then they're playing the Highlanders in Canberra. They should win that. If they do win that, alarm bells. Then they're going over to Perth to play the Force. Then they're playing the Chiefs. Big game. They, you know, at home, sorry, in Canberra. So that should be a cracker. Then they're playing the Rebels again in Canberra. And that, that's their running. So they've got two tough games. Um, I think I think that that speaks to just how cooked their start of the season has been. Like they've played Reds twice, Crusaders in um, Christchurch, the Blues as well. Kind of, which they kind of just quite flagged that one. It was a tactical, ta- a tactical resting of players, mm-hmm. and then we can see Moana Pacifica as well. Like for our first, what's that? First seven games of the season. That's. Again, the fact that they're six and one speaks to the quality of that team so highly. Yeah, that, that's, totally. my, that's, that's my point. That's yeah, totally. that's the point I want to make. It's just um, insane what the Jubs have done there. The next point I want to make is that buys suck. I hate buys. Why are we doing buys? Like, just get on with it. Um, I would actually rather if they, during these buy rounds, had the best games going on. So there'd be rival games. You know, the Crusaders would play the Highlanders. Um, you know, just for three games in a row. Because it, it sucks, though. It just sucks to have four games, and especially the coming weekend when pump games at 2 a.m. on Friday. Nathan, you're not complaining, though. I mean, I mean, it's manageable. As someone who's, who covers every single Australian game, you know what? I, I can enjoy a couple of days, just a couple of weeks of reduced action, but I do agree. Like, it's it's trying to find... But we have to find that balance. We have to find a balance of, you know, running a 15-week competition, bang to bang to bang to bang to bang where you're going to need some time to actually give people the opportunity to rest up and get better and just... So I think I think I've got to balance. I think this is probably the best way to balance it, to be honest. Like, I don't, don't see an alternative. Like, unless you are going to do the full subbies and have a complete week off, like... Yeah, go, probably... go away. Do something else. Rugby's not beyond Endor for most of us, anyway. Just, just go. But you lose my go I comp loses momentum in that in that regard. Yeah. The like, comp the comp loses momentum if you can't have something going on. Well, I'd say it's losing momentum hard in many other ways. Um but anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the force. Mm-hmm. I think we're talking about the Waratahs, but the force. Um I think it's really cool that they have a huge international contingent. That's exciting. Um Gareth Simpson, Sampson is a center. Um, he's come scrum from off. Worcester. Yeah, yeah, scrum half. He's come from Worcester. <laughs> you've, you've whipped, you've whipped over to that. <laughs> that was a that was a reds that was a reds level performance. Get ready, uh, get ready for this. But he's come from Worcester. Oh no, stop! I'm back on it. I'm back on it. He's come from Worcester, <laughs> who uh, closed down because they ran out of money. 
um, and or wasps, one of them. Um, and I think that's kind of exciting. This they've got three or four English guys in their squad, all all from that kind of wasps club as well. So you got Sam Spink in the centers and um, Zach Kiribaki. Kiribaki, I I butchered that so badly, but the, yeah. that he's on the wing. We also got Santiago Madrano, my boy. Um, at prop, I, re- I really like their their jibe. Um, there was a few things floating around um, social media. If you're not always online, um, that's okay. But more or less, it was just like what the force trying to do. But I think Simon Cron's kind of he's he's they've come in as a just rebuilding, and I think he's doing a pretty good job. They definitely look better put together than they were under Tim Sampson, and that's not criticism on Tim Sampson, but, you know, Simon Cron is a good coach, and he's he's also finding his feet in Super Rugby. Nick, um, how do you feel about the force? I I, I mean, I guess a bit of a soft spot, soft spot for him. Force, absolutely. Uh, I love my force. I love my force team. Uh, and But I also think that this uh, weekend, this game against the Tars is it's crunch time now. Um, for the force because I still believe they can make finals. I still believe that they can do it with this team. The tour of New Zealand, even though uh, no wins came from it and that and losing to the Highlanders was especially disappointing, that team progressed in leaps and bounds um, during that tour. And I think that particular game against the Hurricanes as well was uh, especially uh, impressive um, mm. for that side. And, and actually, sorry, just sorry, just talk about momentum. Mm. This is their fourth game. So they haven't played at home for at least five weeks. Yeah. Why? Like they're, they're like I mean, the Perth Glory, the soccer team play at that same field, but that haven't played it for the last five weeks. This is insane. It's because it's so far away. away. <laughs> it's it's because it's the other side of the continent, my friend. Like uh... you, you, you look at it two ways. You can look at it that way. Or you look at the, then the games after this, and then they're essentially playing, well, I think four of the last seven games at home, three yeah. of the last four at home. Like, that's a great run. Like, they've, they, so after they've got a game in Christchurch, May 6th, and then after that, they don't leave Australia for the rest of the competition. Like, that's a great run home. So, yeah, yeah short term pain, but you can get, quite easily get that on the flip side in the second half of the season. Yeah, and on top of it, there's a lot of winnable games during that period. Um, I think they're they're a decent shot against the against the Highlanders. I think they're a really decent shot there. Um, I think that this Waratahs game as well is again a kind of a big crunch time. It's also, I mean, it's a it's a crunch time moment for for DC as well. But uh, it would be, I think, this would be such an interesting clash, particularly if Cron, who you know left the Tars in 2018. Uh, is able to suddenly go well. You could have had me, um, and and put a, <laughs> and make a statement here. Uh, but then also, you know, they've got a game against the Reds, and the Reds, of course, are all over the place. There is that Crusaders match, but then they got the Drua at home, which you know is it, again. There's been plenty of clashes there, and a lot of close games between those sides. Brumbies at home, which is if you're going to play the Brumbies, best to play it at home. And then you've also got the Rebels. And and the Chiefs bringing it up the rear, um, one in Melbourne and the last game at home. So there is, there's a lot of games to test themselves. There's a lot of winnable games in there as well. And I think there's a great opportunity here off the back of I think what has been actually quite a positive tour of New Zealand to actually start to say, okay, let's start winning now. Let's really kind of put the foot to the throat. 
boys, that was a good chat about Super Rugby and all the little random things that are going on um, this weekend. If in case you don't know, um, there's only four games this weekend. So Moana are playing Reds at 2 p.m. on Friday. Nice little reason to break off work. Uh, 7 p.m., so you wait five hours. And Brumbies are playing Fiji and Drua. Then again, a similar kind of thing. Hurricanes and Chiefs playing at 12 on Saturday. And then seven hours later, the Waratahs playing with Force in Sydney. And then that's it for this round. And then next round, there's also going to be a four-game uh, four round. Um, anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I think that's a really silly question. Yeah, you know, rugby's a game of 15 players on the, on the field. When we're attacking, we're attacking weak defenders. We're looking for weak defenders. Why would we run at the strongest defenders? So if Martin's there and, and sorry, what's your name? Nick, and Nick's there, we're not going to run a Martin, are we? <laughs>